Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. I don't know where y'all are living, but I'm so glad that I am in O'Fallon, Missouri right now. And that um, I believe that God's in in control of all of this, don't you? I really do believe that. God is in control of all of this. I mean, it's we never lost control. There are those that have that impression that it's all out of control. Somehow that it's all out of control. And that we somehow have to defend ourselves. The truth is we have to make good judgments. We do. We have to make good judgments for us, for our families. But uh, it never was out of control. <laughs> Listen, someone said to, to me uh, several, a couple of months ago, actually, what, what Jesus, would, wouldn't Jesus wear a mask? Wouldn't Jesus wear a mask? I said, actually, Jesus would just walk into the room and heal everybody. <laughs> the, Jesus is not subject to a virus. <laughs> it is the other way around, actually. The virus is subject to Christ. That's the truth. And when we start fearing a virus, now I didn't say respect health concerns. I didn't say that. But I said when we start living in fear over a virus more than we're living in faith that Christ is going to give us good judgment, we're going to make right decisions, and we're going to get through this thing together. I just happen to believe that he never fell off the throne. No one kicked him off the throne. And so today, we have our priority. Our priority is Jesus. For two months or whatever it was, ten weeks approximately, I was joining you in your living room. I was recording these messages right here at St. Charles River Church. And uh, we had two people in the whole building or three at the same time. That's how social distancing we were. And I will tell you, I was imagining your beautiful faces sitting there. And I knew who would make faces at me if I said certain things. Because I know you. We are family. We are family. And I believe we did it well. And I commend you in the name of the Lord. We still have St. Charles River Church intact. The church was never closed. I'm just, I'm sorry for, for those who, who really believe that our rights were violated. No! My privileges will never be in Christ violated. I have privilege. I'm part of the kingdom. You know, part of what, what, and I'm gonna say it this way because I really want you, hear what I'm saying. I hope you hear my heart. Holy Spirit, go before these words and allow people to hear my heart. Okay, I am grateful to be an American. I am so privileged to have been born in this great land. I am so privileged. But some of the rights things, we have rights. Some of that gets in the way of our kingdom-mindedness. You see, in the kingdom of God, you and I have privileges. 
We have things bestowed upon us because of royalty. We are wearing the king's rings. We are, listen, our king is sitting on the throne. My brother, Jesus, my heavenly father is, he is in control of all of this, has never lost control. And I have privileges, but I don't go before the throne and declare my rights. See, in America, that's an obstacle. That word, the rights mentality, and I'm thankful for the rights of Americans. I'm thankful for the Bill of Rights in America. I am thankful for the Constitution of the United States. I am thankful for the Declaration of Independence. But all of those documents will end one day. And these documents will never end. The Word of the Lord will never cease. It will never cease. America, one day when He returns, uh, we will all be subject to one King. It won't be nations divided among ourselves. It won't be nations divided among black and white and and Asian and Hispanic. What What He will do when He sets up a new heaven and a new earth, the king will rule and he will reign and all will be treated equally. And true justice, God's justice, will have been served well with integrity. Just get the point. Get that. That's when we can trust that if you think justice here on the earth doesn't work, it doesn't. It's broken. Man lost the ability to be just before God on our own at the garden. I say it again. Man lost the ability. This is not my message, but I'm going to get there. Man lost the ability to be just before God on our own as we stood at the garden. When man fell, when man fell, justice was kicked in. Justice, see, you see, sin has to be judged or forgiven. Either There's only two ways that sin can be handled. The Bible says this. Only two ways that sin can be handled, if you're watching by broadcast. Only two ways that sin can be handled. Either it is judged or it is forgiven by the blood that Pastor Mike was just talking about at the cross. At the, remember the old hymn, At the Cross? At the cross where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart was rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Why? Because I am forgiven and no longer judged. But man will be judged one day, and the justice of this earth will be set aside one day, and it will be crushed under the footstool of God Himself, who will take the judgment, and He will righteously provide all justice to all wrongdoers who are not, in fact, let me just say it this way, to all who reject the throne. There will be no mutiny allowed. Only those who were bought and paid for, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and have confessed Him as Lord, will enter in to that kingdom. That's true. That's what, that's what this says. That's not the gospel according to Barry. That's what this book says. Man can't fix man. Man can't fix... A sinful man, an imperfect man, cannot fix man. It takes a righteous judge and a compassionate Savior. And that's where we are today. 
That's where we are today. Pastor Mike, I loved your message. I was yelling through the TV or through my through the computer last week. I was yelling, go! That's it! The timely, it's, what, what, what was the phrase? It's not about me. It's not about me, Ray. It, it's not about me. Have we got that? That was, I'm yelling it. Gene and I are yelling it together at the screen. It's not about me. What a timely message. This is not a time for me to say, well, you know, but I have my rights and expectations. No, what you have as a believer is a heavenly father who loves you amazingly. And he gives you privileges and bestows honor upon you. Get that picture. Get that picture. Are y'all awake? Get that picture. Get the picture. He is amazingly not wanting to judge you and me. He is amazingly wanting to show compassion through the blood of Jesus Christ on you, me, our kids, our grandkids. And he does so every day. The word says he is new every, puts a new song in my heart. He is, I am new, literally being created new every morning, every day. Why? Because it ain't about me. It's about his righteousness through me. He wants to be honored. He created us to worship him, not to declare my rights. Now, I'm, I'm serious. It's, yeah, yeah. He created me to worship him, not to declare my rights before him, not to declare. I want it. Elvis's song, you know, my way, you know, my way is right. If you ever walk through here in St. Louis in the metro area, there's two main shopping uh, grocery stores. There's Deerberg's and there's Schnucks. You're welcome for the advertising. There's Deerberg's and Schnucks. Now there's also a great Manino's market if you enjoy if you enjoy great butcher. I mean, great meat, quality meat. There's all kinds of things. Come to St. Louis and Missouri. You'll live a little freer. Anyway, let, let me just I know. But let me tell you, if you go into a grocery store here, you will see how many people have their own opinions about what should be done. Just walk through the grocery store. There are people who wear no masks. There are people who wear masks. There are people who get mad at the people who wear no masks. There are people who get really irate at the person who pulls their mask down and, and is talking because the butcher can't hear what they're saying. And so they're trying to communicate. I mean, uh, you got people getting mad at people. I walked down an Oreo. I was determined to get my Oreos. I was determined to get my Oreos. And I'm walking down the Oreo aisle. And this guy, this, this, is, this, this guy jumps onto the first shelf. In the or in the cookie aisle at Deerberg's, he jumps, puts his feet on the back on the front, the, the the first shelf, reaches back, and he's putting his face in the Oreos. People are living in fear, and so people, everybody's got an opinion on my rights, and you don't have the right to come down this aisle. We 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 got to be you know six feet apart. Well, of course we should. That's what the CDC is saying. We're supposed to be six feet apart the best we can, and we're not. We're going to wear a mask. I mean, those are the types of things that that we're trying our very best as a society. I hope to honor. But let me just share this with you. When it comes to the kingdom, God's not impressed with us coming before Him and telling Him what to do. God's not real impressed. You know, God, you need to. Let me tell you, this is not about me. I'm going to follow up on your message, man. I'm following up on it because I believe it's timely. This is about the king of kings. This is about the creator. 
This is about the Creator. Seriously, if, if we are more, if we're living our lives determined to be uh, non-eternally prioritizing our lives, I'm talking about if we are determined to be prioritizing more than anything else, the things of this world, we are not then prioritizing the things that get us into eternity. And the people, and, and, the, and the, we need, in other words, we need to be prioritizing eternal things, not non-eternal things. Now, that doesn't mean we won't deal with non-eternal. Of course we will. Of course we will. But if our passion, you see, our passion has to be Him first. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter, I'm going to get into my message here, Luke chapter 10. It's a story most of you are familiar with. I, I love the story. I have taught it a few times along the way, taught it in Latin America a few times along the way, and it's, it, it's intercultural. It's very intracultural. You know, it really is. Because it, th- this is an attitude that's in every culture. It's the story of when Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha. Now, I know you may know the story, but I'm going to read it to you. And then we're going to talk about what we really see behind the scenes here. This is Luke chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse 38. And uh, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, uh, he came, you know, they were on their way a lot of places. For three years, Jesus took the disciples all over, never went more than 200 miles away from his, his home. But Jesus went a lot of different places. And he, as he was walking along the way, he, he and his disciples were on their way. And he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She obviously had heard about him. Many had heard about him. The rumors and the legend of, of uh, Yahshua had, had gone out. That was his Jewish name as a boy. Uh, the, the, the rumors had gone out. And, and so for him to come to Martha and Mary's home, that's a coup. I mean, that's a big deal. So she opens her, her house to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. In other words, she is frantic now. I don't have the potato salad out yet. I've got to, I've got to cut the, I've got to peel the potatoes. I've got to cut the tomatoes. I've got to, did you all do that yesterday? Right in the middle of, I mean, we're literally about halfway through the meal. And uh, somebody said, I forgot to cut the, the, the tomatoes. I forgot. They had a whole bunch of tomatoes. They forgot to cut the tomatoes. And so right in the middle of, of Jesus teaching, uh, Martha is just up. And she is like scurrying around. And she's panicked. She's frantic. Uh, she's scattered, no doubt about that. Because of all of the preparations that had to be made. Because obviously uh, she probably just didn't know he was coming that day. But she opened her home to him. And if she did, she's still frantic. She's still running around. She's still going crazy over this. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? Now all of a sudden we went from, it's an honor to have you in my house, to assaulting you. You don't care about me. You don't care about my needs here. You don't care. It's this. All of this frantic has come down to... You don't care about me. All of a sudden, it went from being honored to have this, this great teacher in her home. The one who the, the, the rumors say healed the sick and raised the dead and fed the, the thousands, literally, from a few loaves and fishes. All of a sudden, it goes from, it's my honor to have you here, and to, you, she assaults her guest. I love this. She assaults the number one thing of hosting someone is not to insult your guests. I mean, can most of the ladies in the room acknowledge that one of the general things you'll do everything you can not to assault or insult your guests? 
Number one rule, I would say, number one rule of hosting, being a good host or hostess, is don't insult your guests. Well, there she goes. She violates rule number one. She's not done violating the host rules yet, but I'm going to point them out to you as we get there. This is all about, at this point, Martha and me. It's about me. I'm supposed to look good in this moment. Right, Pastor Harvey? I'm, I want to look good in this moment. And right now, Mary, you're not making me look all that good. She violates rule number two. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Tell her to help me. Rule number two, never drag your guest into a family fight. Do you get what she just did? She drugged her guest into, would you tell her? I've been in homes before where the couple got into it. They started getting into it. Well, Pastor Barry, is it right that, you know, that she does this and she did? I've actually had that happen to me. You know what I want to do? Leave. I want to leave. That's an uncomfortable moment. You're, not only do you not care about me, and I'm not, I'm not pointing to Pastor Mike here. Not only do you not care about me, but I want you to solve the family fight here. You, you tell her who's right. That's basically what she's saying. You tell her who's right. She needs to be in here helping me. Serving you. Serving you. Can I tell, can I just, uh, just an honest observation about Mary, about Martha's nature of service? It's not very servant oriented. Servant oriented is the heart. Of serving. It's the honor. I've actually realized what an honor it is to, to cut the tomato for you. This is my, when this is all of a sudden, she's missed the point. In all of history, get this, get the, get the idea. Wouldn't you just love to cut one tomato for Jesus? What, what a privilege that would be. To actually cut a tomato? Can you imagine? You know, we, I, I got a guy that just sent me a, a picture not long ago. He had met the President of the United States. I bet he sent that photo all over the United States of America. I bet that photo has made it around the world. I'd rather cut a tomato for Jesus. I'm just being real with you. You know, the, the truth is, I'm not talking about politics here. I'm talking about get the perspective. Get the perspective. She's in there if she really believes she was serving the master, cutting the food, washing the dishes. Can you imagine what a privilege? No, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'd say, no, Mary, let me do it all. Let, let me, let me do this. This is the greatest humbling thing I have ever done in my life. Let me, let me serve the man. No, she didn't do that. This is all about me and how I look in the moment. Because you see, I get fulfillment out of doing this. I, I, how many of you have gone on our missions trips around the world? Just raise your hand real quick, real high. You've gone on missions trips around the world with me. Okay. I, one of the, uh, I, and it, it, I can honestly say it's no one that is in the room today. But I've had people say to me, I want to go on your trip. I've actually had people say that to me. I want to go on one of your trips. I just feel so fulfilled when I can do things for other people. I said, is it about you being fulfilled? Or is it about meeting their need? 
all of a sudden it went from, all of a sudden it goes from, there's nobody in this room, there's nobody in this room, and I pray there's nobody watching today. <laughs> but it, it goes from a, a mission trip where you're bringing the best of Jesus, the best of, 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 of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're bringing it to them. You're bringing, you're, you're paying your way to go. Get that act of servanthood. You're paying your way to go. Put your arms around a child and feed a child or give medicine to a child. I know, Rhonda, you were there with us. You were in Panama with us, right? Yeah. And and, uh, and and how many of you went to Panama, by the way? How many of you actually went to Panama? Okay. You went to Panama. The, it's the, the idea that I actually have the privilege, God provided the resource so that I could... Because I happen to believe that God gives givers gifts to give. That's what we teach here. God gives givers gifts to give. I've been, I've heard that all of my adult ministry life. I'm teaching. I've been teaching it now for 20 years. God gives givers gifts to give. God knows that you're going to get on that plane and that you're going to then go out of, he's going to give you the money so that you can give it to American Airlines or Delta or whoever. And you're going to get down there and you're going to put your arms around those kids. I've seen some of you toting kids around like this. Got three kids on one arm, two kids on another, and two kids holding on to your legs. I've seen that in Guatemala. I've seen that in different parts of Latin America. I've seen it because you are a servant and you're enjoying, you're, you're in watching the children enjoy you. It's a privilege. Do you know what it is, what the privilege it is to have a child hug you? Do you know the great honor? When, when we started talking about social distancing, I said, I said, now I know there are going to be those that criticize me for this, but I said, I have a hard time ever telling a child, no, you can't hug me. I have a hard time with that because a child will remember that you said, no, you could not hug me. I have a real tough time with that. That is one of the greatest honors when we go into these countries and, and these children run up and they're actually yelling. Some of you, they remember your name. Some of you have been there enough times. They know your name. They're watching you on social media. And when they see you, you love me this much. You would come to me. And they run up and they put their, Carla and Carlos, put their arms around your legs and they hold on to you. And, and you kick them a few times. Not them, but you, you kick them around and you don't ever kick a child. But anyway, but, but, but you're, you're swirling your legs around and you're having fun watching them have fun. It's the greatest privilege there is. And this is the position Martha was in. She got, I mean, get this, in all of the earth, this was the one woman that Jesus walks into her house and her sister Mary is there too. And she invites the master, the creator of the universe. She invites him in to fix a meal and she's first assaulting him. You don't care about me. Secondly, dragging him into a family fight. Why? Because it's all about her. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to finish the story and then I'm going to take it. Jesus addresses it. Now, we don't know how what Jesus' tone was when he responded to, to Martha. But uh, uh, this, there's this redundancy. He says her name twice. Now, instead of a stern, and this is how I picture it, and I could be wrong. You know, ask Gina. I've been wrong. A few times. So it's true. But I, I see the way that he, he says her name twice. He doesn't do the Martha. Now, isn't that what you do when you're really upset with somebody? Don't you just give them the one, the one quick, <clears throat> get your attention. This is not what he does. I sense that it was more like Martha. Martha. 
You're troubled about, you're distracted by a lot of things here. I almost hear Andy Griffith's voice in this, in this thing. Martha, Martha, I, you're distracted about many things here. Now, you've got a lot of things going in your head, and maybe you ought to clear your head out just a little bit. I, I can almost hear Andy Taylor doing this, this particular answer to Martha. Now, Martha, Martha. Mm-mm. You know, can can you get there? Are you old enough to remember what he sounded like? Okay. You know, and, and he's sitting there. He said, hey, you, you got all kinds of things going in your head right now. Yeah, probably a lot of those things came into this. He didn't say this, but he didn't say what they were, by the way. He didn't say what the distractions were. He didn't say by, well, you know, what you're all upset about. What he said, by many things. Now, this is the one who knew this. Get this. This is the one who could have listed the many things. He knew. He, he knew she was really upset about some things. And this is the one had he chosen to access the information. This Why? We know he did that. He did that in his three-year ministry. He'd tell people what they were thinking. And, and he could have actually listed what the things were. He said, he, but he didn't want to embarrass her. His idea was he wanted to bring her back to reality here. Bring her back to being a part of the moment. And he's, this is what he says to her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. You see, he was, he was compassionate. He knew she was worried about things. There was things going on there probably beyond the food, beyond the tomatoes. But only one thing is really needed. He said, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Rule number three that Martha violated, don't ignore your guest. Don't ignore you. Mary decided to sit and listen to the guest. Let's get the picture. This She made the moment about Jesus. Get that big picture. She made the moment when you invited Jesus Christ into your life. Did you go wash the dishes after that mentally and spiritually? Or did you get into the Word and you start listening to the words of Jesus? And you start grabbing onto the teachings of Christ and the things that are of revelation? All of a sudden, didn't you just... I mean, I know that there are other things i got to do. But this is Mary now sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she is so consumed with the Word of God. By the way, this is the same Word that spoke, Let there be light. Get that. This is the same voice that in the book of Genesis, it spoke life into man and spoke things into existence. And then in the end, he said, let there be light. And all of a sudden there was light. This is the one who breathed Adam's breath into his very body. And all of a sudden she's, Mary is taken up by, I want to hear everything you say. I don't want to miss one moment of what you got to say to me. Because this is going to be good. This is going to be life transformational. And Martha was ignoring the guest. Something was a little more important. And Jesus addressed that. She already has chosen what's important. There's only one thing that's really needed. And I'm going to tell you, in the big picture, I know we live in a turmoil world right now. I, I understand that. I invite you to turn off uh, NBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox News. I'm inviting you to turn it all off. 
and get into God's Word and start listening to the Master speak. I'm inviting you that are on this broadcast the same thing. Stop listening to all the voices. Stop listening and watching all of the distractions. I, I was in Walmart not long ago and uh, face masked. I was face masked, don't worry. But I was walking through Walmart not long ago and, and there's a woman that is just absolutely, absolutely standing there hysterical about what news she's reading on her phone. Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, we've lost Seattle. We'll never get it back. You know, there's this group of people that have taken over Seattle. And, I, and I'm like, in the name of Jesus. I just wanted to walk up to her. In the name of Jesus, shut that off. That's where the enemy wants us. In the oh no moment. In the oh my God moment. We're going to sink moment. Like the disciples in the boat with Jesus I taught on a few weeks ago. If you don't get up, we're going to drown. Forgetting that the prophet, remember he's prophet, priest, and king. That's what the Bible says. He is prophet, he is priest, and he is king. The prophet side of him said on the dry side before they got in the boat, come on, let's get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. And when the prophet says we're going to go to the other side of the lake, brother, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. And when he says, and I will come back and receive you unto myself, he meant it. That same voice said, and I, when I, where I go, I will come and receive you back to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The same voice. And here's Mary, listening. I don't know what he was teaching. I don't really know what he was teaching. But he, it doesn't matter. Does it matter to you what Jesus was teaching? Wouldn't you want to go sit and listen five minutes? By the way, isn't this the same man, God, man, that could, that fed the 15,000, basically 5,000 plus women and children. It don't, so it probably was closer to 15, between 12 and 15,000 people. Didn't he create food? Yeah. And we gotta get upset because we gotta create the food in the kitchen? I mean, is there anyone else that misses the big picture? Couldn't Jesus have said, let there be food? And the spread like you've never seen would have appeared. You see, it's all about him. It's not about me. Listen, turn in your Bibles real quick. I just want to, I'm going to wrap this up here in just a couple minutes. But turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. And I'd, I'd like for you to turn there to Isaiah chapter 40 and uh, jump into verse 21, if you would. Isaiah chapter 40. Listen, this is... This is the irony. Man doesn't know who God is. And those of us that, can I just be honest with you? So when someone says to me, Pastor Eric and I, had, when Pastor Eric and Shelley were running our youth, we used to have these great conversations about the, the, the form of God, the Trinity or oneness or Trinity in one. You know, We used to have these great conversations. And we came up with this thing that we totally agreed on. We don't care. We... Does, does, I mean, seriously, I don't care how God is. I don't care. I do believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but I don't understand it. Don't, and I run like crazy from anyone who says, let me explain to you the Trinity. I run like crazy because if they're telling me they understand the essence of the Creator, I run because automatically there's no credibility. You get that. Now, 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 this this is the prophet Isaiah speaking here in verse uh, 21 of chapter 40. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not? I love his redundancy. He is really getting the point here. You guys have missed it. 
He says, have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. And he spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught. And reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you don't like the power structure right now, live for Jesus. If you don't like the power structure of government right now, whatever nation you're living in, live for Jesus. Because you will live with the king who rules the universe. That's what God's word teaches. I'm serious. I agree with you, by the way. Justice is impossible truly before man. But one day we will sit with the king and he will rule and he will reign. And there will be no injustices. He reduces people in power to naught and reduces the rulers, the presidents, the kings, the judges, uh, you name a person, the mayors, the councils. Don't you love city councils? And he he actually reduces them to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground that um, that he blows on them and they wither. And the next, next verse. And, and, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like a chaff. To whom will you come? This is God speaking here through Isaiah. To whom will you compare me? Who are you comparing me to? Who are you comparing me to? That somehow you think you can tell me what to do? What? Just because you vote in a president or a governor or a mayor? Somehow you think you have the right to send your, your, your ballot into me and tell me what you think of the, the kingdom ought to be about? Who are you comparing me to? You're having conversations with me like you are your state representative. No, I am. Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Is what he's saying to him. To whom will you compare me to? Or who is my equal? Says the, the, the Holy One. About that time, if I'm Isaiah, I am on my knees, on my face before him. And I'm like, oh God, have mercy on me. Somebody woke God up. Somebody's got God's attention. And he is not liking the attitude of the people of Israel. That's just the, that's the way it was. He wasn't liking the attitude of the people of Israel. That's us, by the way, today as believers. Lift your eyes. He said, lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Now, by the way, he's doing this. Hey, look. Hey, hey, look up there. That's Get the moment, the, the picture. Stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. Look up there. Who created that? You or me? Man or me? Somebody woke God up. Lift up your eyes. Look into the heavens. Who created these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name? Who has the authority to call them by name, by the way? He has the authority to name them. He, he prob- I think he probably named one of those stars Alyssa. He blew that star into existence. That's the Alyssa star. There it goes. I, 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 that's who God is. That's who God, he has the authority to do it. By the way, if I could name a star, I'd name it after my, my grandkids. Wouldn't you? Well, where do you think we get that kind of love from? Rhonda, where do you think we get that kind of love from? From him. That's right. Where do you all think we get that kind of love from? We're not that good in and of ourselves. We're, if we have that kind of nature in us, it's because God created us with his nature. 
to love our children and, and our grandkids. He brings out the starry host one by one and he calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. I love that. I know where they all are. You can't even see them and I know the ones you can't see. Why do you say, oh, Jacob, listen to this. I'm about to get into, into some grills here out into the country. And I'm not the one getting in the grill. This is God getting in the grill, by the way. Why do you say, oh, Jacob, and complain, oh, Israel? In other words, the godly nations, people who call themselves God's people. Why do you complain? This is, is in a quote. My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. I'm going to stop right there just for a second. If there's something that so, you're so passionate about, my ways, in other words, everything about my life, God, you're ignoring Everything about my life has been disregarded by God. My cause has been basically forgotten by God. Things that are important to me. Let me tell you something. If God puts something that's holy in your heart, and He, listen to this. If God puts something that is holy, and He gave you a passionate, holy, uh, passion for that thing in your heart, let me tell you something. He's going to bring it about someday. There will be, for those of you in different racial communities, there will be this day of reckoning where the God of this, the creator of this universe will declare what is right and he'll put it in place and you'll never sense another day of racism in your eternal future again. One day, the cause against racism, for those of you who are going through that, that cause of racism, whatever it is, whatever your cause, whether it is abortion or, or whatever your cause is that God has placed deep Deeply inside of you. One day, God will make things right. And it will never be wrong again. Because His foot will be on it. And His stamp of holiness will be on it. God will make it right. God will make it right one day. But if you want, if you want to be in the kingdom, you've got to keep, you've got to serve Jesus. It's all about serving him. I'm going to finish this verse. Listen to this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. He's not going to grow tired of weary listening to you talk and, and, and running with you through the race of life. It says, he will not grow tired or weary, and understanding no one can fathom. His understanding is beyond any of our... It, he knows your hurt. He knows your pain more than you do. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. I, I can tell you, I'm not going to give a name. But when we do this wall of honor, I have a special friend of mine who was a Vietnam veteran. That every time he walks into St. Charles River Church, I include him in the service. He was called a baby killer when he came back. He was called a lot of different things when he came back from Vietnam at St. Louis Lambert Airport. He was called a lot of names when he came back from Vietnam. And you know, the, he heard a lot of words towards him. And those wounds went in deep. And the things that he saw in Vietnam, he still doesn't talk about them. Never told me about them. He can't talk about them. He just, the words choke in his throat. He can't talk about them. But when he walks in here, whenever he sees me, tears start coming up in his eyes. Because you see, on that day that we inducted him into that wall of honor, I looked right at him and I called him by name on the stage at the former facility. I looked right at him and I'm going to say, and I said, I know you have never heard these words on behalf of a grateful nation. Welcome home. 
And he just broke in my arms crying. As I held him standing on that stage. He had longed to hear those words when he came back with all the guilt in the world already inside of him. And then all the accusations just reinforced. And I want you to know something. Every time he walks into this building to this day, I honor that brother. He is the escort to all new names that are being added to the wall of honor here at St. Charles River Church. Because he is to be honored. He is to be honored. And we're going to honor the wounded. And we're going to recognize. But one day, one day, when Jesus Christ sets his feet back up on this earth, there'll be no wounds for any Vietnam soldiers. There'll be no wounds for the families who've been torn apart by the different things that have, whether it's plagues or whether it's, it is human trafficking. Oh my goodness. Human trafficking. One day human trafficking will cease. We should do everything we can today to do everything we can today to attack human trafficking. Convoy of Hope, those of you that know that I partner with Convoy and that this church is partnered with Convoy, one of the, the, the six pillars with Convoy of Hope is dealing with human trafficking of women and children around the world. We should do all that we can, but one day, I'm going to tell you, the sad part is I will leave this earth if Christ doesn't return first. I will leave this earth and there will still be human trafficking. But one day, so if you're younger than me, keep on pressing, keep on pressing, keep on pressing. One life is worth saving. One life is worth saving. But let me tell you, when Christ sets his feet back on the earth, there will be no human trafficking. All trafficking will cease and the traffickers will stand before God and true justice, true justice against racists, true justice against all of the sin of man. If it's not forgiven, if it's not been repented of, if it's not been confessed, all sin will be judged before man and justice will take place. Can I tell you what though? That sin that was forgiven, justice did take place. 2,000 years ago, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. Justice did take place. You see, someone did die for my sin. It isn't that my sin just goes undone. Ignored. Just goes away. You see, my sin went to the cross 2,000 years ago. You see, someone did have to pay the price of justice for my sin. And I'll wrap it up with this. Even youths will grow weary and tired and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Don't quit. Listen to me. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on Him. He has never given up on you. And one day justice will prevail. True justice will prevail. Don't ever give up on God. If you want to see justice on your side and you want to stand there with your king and watch justice take place, you don't want to be the one being judged at that day. On that day, you want to be the one who's been redeemed. I've been redeemed. You know the song, He set me free. It is the truth. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. Patrick, if you could join me. Is Patrick here? Let me tell you something. God is, He is returning. He is coming back. Christ is returning. No one's looking around. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. He is going to return. I just want to simply ask you, and I want to ask you that are watching by this broadcast. Have you really made it about you? Have you made it about you? Or have you made it about God? Martha chose to make it about her on that day. Mary, in the same room, chose to make it about Christ. And I just simply want to ask you, 
will you recognize that it's as Pastor Mike taught last week of just to follow is not about me, but it is about Jesus and what I'm doing with him. I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you'll soften hearts today, whether it's through this broadcast or whether it is in this auditorium. If that's you today, you you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to make sure that you're making the rest of your life matter. If you really want your life to matter, the rest of your life to matter of things that are eternally important. And that's what Jesus told Martha. Mary has chosen the important things. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand. I want to give my life completely. No one's looking around. I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you in this broadcast, I just want you to just simply, you know, sometimes it's just good to raise your own hand. Sitting in your own living room alone, your own bed. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. I want to make sure that my life counts. The rest of my life, I want it to really matter. But I want it to matter really about eternal things, not just things of earth. So I want you to to, to pray this prayer. I want everyone in this room and I want everyone on this broadcast to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, go ahead and just say it a little bit louder. Heavenly Father, I ask you today to forgive me in the moments of my life that I've made it about me. Today, I want to be more like Mary. I want to make it about Jesus. I want to really recognize that I am in the room with greatness. Whether it's in my living room in the, or this auditorium, I am in the room with greatness, the Creator. And I'm asking you to forgive me and to wash me clean and to give me your value system. I want to reject man's value system and I want to accept eternal value systems. In the name of Jesus, I recommit my life to you today in Jesus' name. And every believer said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining our broadcast today. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, please come by and visit us and also reach us online at www.stcharles.com. Dot org.